listening to another episode of Grace Matters, conversations establishing believers in the truth. This episode is a follow-up conversation with Jeffrey Thompson and Alea Reynolds. They both serve as missionaries through campus outreach at Campbell University, and they are members at Grace Community Church. I was really grateful to have time to sit down with them and continue to ask some questions related to the issues of contextualization. How do we know our context and share the gospel? We had a great time at the panel. Well, not at the panel since we were all at our own places, but during the panel discussion that is previous in this podcast series. Uh, but I'm really glad that uh, Geo Thompson and Alea Reynolds had a few minutes to sit down and talk a little bit more about things that we missed from the panel or just some more questions I can, I can pick their brains. Um, and so as I sit with them, one of the first things I thought about in light of our conversation during the panel was uh, how do you listen for somebody's heart? when you're very first sharing the gospel with them. And this is, I think, to me, this is the root of contextualization. Like when you get into a context of you and another person, how do you get your head around that context of that other person that you're talking to? What are the things that you're listening for? Yeah, that's a good question. Huh? <laughs> I'm glad you're going first. I, <laughs> annoying. Uh, so I think, I think if I'm thinking back to what it is like when I'm first meeting a student, um, and how to just even get to the point of spiritual conversations. Um, I think like one of the first questions, like it seems seems weird, but or not weird. It's a pretty simple question of like if you meet up with them on a Monday, you're like, oh, what did you do this weekend? Hmm. And that opens the door immediately because they're going to tell you like, oh, I did. They might they might say they went to a party or whatever they'll say. And then it's like usually in a conversation someone's going to say well what did you do and immediately I can just say oh well I went to church and then from there I can start a conversation of do you go to church did you grow up going to church um and things like that yeah I think that's that's a really good point as far as yeah that that question you asked that's something we talked about in the I think the original podcast of just um, you know, being able to ask intentional questions. But I think something also within that if, of seeing someone's heart, um, you know, a lot of what we do is spend time with people. Mm-hmm. So not only do we hear what they do, but we also see what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that sometimes does not line up biblically <laughs> of like, okay, you, you are the life that you say you live mm-hmm. is not really the life that you're living. And so we utilize, well, I don't know if utilize is the great word, (laughs) but we we see that and we say, okay, what, what is going on here? And and asking them, okay, what do you, what do you think about this and and things like that? So I think a lot of it is really observing who -hmm. they are, if that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so how soon in a, in a conversation when you're first getting to know somebody, how soon do you ask them, did you go to church or did you grow up with church? Like where does that fall really early? Does that couple couple conversations in like or does it depend on the person? At Campbell, I would say it's pretty early because huh. most people grow up church. So it's like um, you can have a conversation with somebody and like the first time we meet them somehow like church will come up. Like I remember we met this we met a student and somehow in the conversation she was telling us about this game that she plays. Um, it's called What Do You Meme or something like that. Yeah. And like in that conversation, she made the comment of like, I wouldn't play it with I wouldn't play it with like my pastor. 
but like I had to play with my friends. And like from there, like yeah. the next time we hung out was like, I think reading the Bible with her. So mm-hmm. it's like sometimes it comes up fairly quickly. And then we have like, there's another student who like her mom found out um, that we worked for a college ministry. And the first time Lacey hung out with her was her reading the Bible with her. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. there is like, it, I would say it comes quickly at Campbell, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily always the case. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just depends on the the person and how quickly you build trust with them and mm-hmm. how how um, vulnerable they are with you. And so some people, it takes, you know, the first time you meet them, they want to tell you, you know, their whole life. Sometimes it takes a year to have a spiritual conversation with someone because it's like pulling teeth whenever you, you know, get, you know, get up with them. But I mean, so it, have you had an experience where you spent like a whole year with somebody before you were able to talk to them about, about Jesus? I haven't specifically, but I've heard of other staff guys of like, yeah. dude, I've been laboring with this dude for the last year and it just does not seem like he's going anywhere. But huh. I mean, you know, there's, there's some points where it's like, there's a breaking point and yeah. he says something off the wall, like a spiritual interest. And it's like, wait, I've been hanging out with you for a year and you're now just, you know, <laughs> engaging in spiritual conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, it just depends. Yeah. I think, well, I think that's an, an important kind of tension to remember. Like, even though the university moment, you know, it's supposed to be four ish years, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like a short time that you're, you're maybe interacting with somebody. Like there may be a case where later in life you're, you know, neighbors with somebody for 10 years and you don't need to, rush the Jesus conversation the first time you take cookies over to your neighbor, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. take the time to, to build the relationship and build the trust, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. And it could be a year, it could be two years. And, so, and sometimes that's okay. But I guess there's a lot of times where we, we kind of conflate the individualist achievement mindset of the mm-hmm. American dream and with yeah. evangelism. And then we, like, we want to get the numbers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's not the way to necessarily share the gospel. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. But you mentioned something that uh, it ties into the next question I was going to ask, Alea. You, you said how at Campbell, mm-hmm. we got this church thing going on. And so you can bring it up earlier in your conversations. So you know, both of you guys are, are black and I'm curious what it's like uh, in the context of Campbell uh, being black you know, missionaries, as it were, on that campus. Um, is it different in a majority white context than it would be at a historically black college or university like Shaw and Raleigh? You know, what's different? And what's the same in your contextualization of being at Campbell? You want this one or you want me to? Go for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, of if course. You, if you have something, uh, of like, course. Go, go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess one thing that's definitely not different is the gospel. Like the gospel is hmm. not going to change. But I think, at least personally, there's a lot of code switching that goes mm. into how I interact. And like, so can you clarify what that means for people who haven't heard that before? How do how do I explain code Good, switching? Good, I want to hear this. Um, one. <laughs> <laughs> um so mm, changing my mannerisms and maybe even uh, voice octave hmm. <laughs> to come off as less. Um, aggressive or like um more approachable yes so like specifically like for white folk as opposed to black yes okay so it's like honestly if you see me in a group of white students that i first met versus white students that i've known for a while or definitely like black students that i met or i just met is um i mean i'm not three different people because i'm still me but 
my tone is different. Mm. Like, I mean, honestly, like my disciples call me out on it. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, whenever you first meet, like, they're like, when you walk into a group of white girls, like when you first meet them, you're always like, hi. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you're right. But <laughs> it's like, I can't help it. It's just in my mind, it's how, it's what I can do to build trust. Mm-hmm. Because like mm. in order to share the gospel, you have to build trust. And so it's just like, yeah, I, I do a lot of code switching. That's what I'll say. Yeah, that's really helpful to for me to understand. So I appreciate that. Definitely. And I, I think something that um, goes along with that, I was listening to a podcast the other day um, and the guy was just kind of explaining how we as minorities, I think, live in a majority context. Uh, we kind of just see our lives as we're, we want to live it out in the way that makes other people more comfortable. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. comfortable for ourselves, mm. yep. but we live in a way that we don't want um, to feel like, I don't know, not like threat, but yeah. it's just. I, I, yeah, and when I said aggressive, I didn't actually, I'm not actually, I mean, actually. Right, right. Yeah. Personally, I might be aggressive, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I think it's like, we, we live in a way that we want to make, we're trying to make other people comfortable. Yeah. I think we've been taught that like, what's comfortable to us or even just like who we are is threatening and mm-hmm. so we are taught like in like respectability politics of like you need to dress a certain way when you go into an interview or you need to say you know certain things when you're in certain crowds of like this is what you have to do to get further mm-hmm. and so I think like it comes it even comes into play when we're when we are sharing the gospel with people who are technically younger than us mm-hmm. but like we just have always been told like all right you gotta you gotta be uncomfortable so that everyone else can be comfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely so do you feel like there's uh, similar code switching, uh, navigating a majority white church like Grace Community Church where you guys are members? Um, or is it a little different or is it basically the same kind of function? Yeah, I would I would, I would say so. I think, um, you know, it's being going to a church that is a majority white uh, context. I think, you know, for me, um, I'm more. I mean, I'm already a quiet person and kind of withdrawn. So it's just, it's just harder for me to, I feel like sometimes connect with people because I'm already an introvert. It just already takes me effort to to reach out to people. (laughs) So it's like, it's kind of this, I guess this pressure to, to go and meet people when that's not the natural response for Mm -hmm. me. And that's not something that I feel like usually is reciprocated in a lot of ways. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I think that for me, it's just like, I think if I were in a minority uh, context, it would be more comfortable for me to be like, oh, you know, I, I can relate with this person. Yeah. It's easy for me to start up a you know, conversation with this person. But I think with, you know, in, a, in another context, it's like, oh, I really have to put effort into this. I don't yep. know if people are reciprocating that back to me as well. Right. Yeah. So. Now, I'm very grateful for y'all's authenticity and transparency in this conversation because uh, there are some people who just are not aware of it by not by virtue of not having relationships with people of color. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful that I have a relationship with y'all and we can talk about this because it's, mm-hmm. it's helpful to know, and especially as our area continues to grow and become uh different uh, as we, you know, have just paid off our building here at Grace. You know, we're looking at all the growth that is coming naturally to our area. There's all these homes being built and neighborhoods and that means more people and not all the people are going to be white people and that's okay. <laughs> and like, we want our church to reflect our, our neighborhoods in some ways and whatever God would lead. And so like, it's important to 
continue to think about what that could mean and how to better contextualize, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to share the gospel with people who aren't like us necessarily. Um, and so those are really helpful observations. Um, what kind of, uh, so we've talked a little bit just sideways already. I haven't really named it, but you guys are missionaries as it were for campus outreach. You have given this season of your lives to be missionaries on a college campus. That's why you're doing what we've been talking about. Um, and so what is it like being on staff with CO? How is CO campus outreach different from crew or university or some of these other, you know, parachurch ministries? <laughs> They're looking at each other trying to yeah. decide who's go first. That's what's happening. Uh, so the first thing is that, like, I have said, like, way too many times. Anyways, um, something that's different about campus outreach is we fall under the authority of the local church. Yep. Um, and so, yes, we kind of, like, Ultimately, we're not a parachurch ministry, right. but we, I mean, to a certain extent, yes, we do function kind of as a parachurch because like there is like a campus outreach community, yeah. but at the end of the day, our like, I don't want to use the word mandates, but like our rules are like our employer is a church. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one specific thing about campus outreach. Yeah. That is very different. Definitely. Yeah. I think something that comes to mind. I think that's really unique about, um, you know, campus outreach is a heavy focus on discipleship. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we've, you know, been kind of groomed to think about and um, to display in a lot of different um, areas. And so I think um, not just discipleship as far as, oh, I'm on staff, so I'm called to disciple someone. But no, it's, it's this idea of, no, I'm, I am multiplying my life into someone else so mm-hmm. that they may multiply themselves into some, you know, someone else. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that's, that's a heavy focus. We, we don't just want to make disciples, but we want to make disciple makers who make disciples. Mm-hmm. It's like this, this generational multiplication that we see mm-hmm. um, over and over and that we see in scripture, you know, mm-hmm. throughout scripture. And so that's, that's a very unique thing because uh, I think a lot of other college ministries are focused on uh, more so of gathering um, mm-hmm. community communities and Christians that are already established. They want to provide um, space space for them to worship. practice their faith and worship and things like that. But we are we are coming in and saying, hey, we want to teach you. We want to teach a non-believer. We want to teach a believer what it looks like to walk with God deeply for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And yep. so. I would say that's kind of a, a big focus for us. Well, what kind of training does CO provide for you guys as staff people um, and particularly black staff folks? Like, mm. is there unique training they provide for y'all as minorities or is it, you know, still kind of training they give to the same they give to everybody or? Training. We uh, get so much training. Yes. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that that is, if I'm being completely honest, a lot of like, like, yes, a lot of like, I guess my skills that I I put that in air quotes is like part of the reason why I came on staff. But a lot of reason why I came on staff is because I knew that the training that I received through campus outreach, I was not going to get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if I can get this now, I could, it's going to help me so much more in the future yeah. than like just floundering. But, um, so specifically with minority staff very recently, um, what is it? It's been three years. Mm-hmm. Um, we've recently had, a 
we started this thing called Bridge Builders Com- Conference. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yes. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, a time for all of the minority staff um, on in the East Coast network of Campus Outreach to get together. And yes, to be refueled and um, to you know kind of actually be in a space where you're not well there's still some people who are the minority but you're not the minority for the most part right mm-hmm. um but you're also code switching less yeah. in that space, right? <laughs> yes <laughs> um but also um we all we do get training um so that's something that is specific to the minorities yeah uh, we also have the diversity summit um that is Every anyone in campus outreach or any staff person in campus outreach can come to that, but there are there is a day and a half mm-hmm. uh, for just minorities. So we get there first, and then majority staff comes the second day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's I think that's um, one of the many trainings that we get. Um, but I think I mean we have training from you know racial reconciliation and the gospel to. Um, what it looks like to communicate well, what it looks like to mm-hmm. uh, to go after a seminary degree. Like mm-hmm. we have so much staff development and so, and it's just a variety of different trainings that sometimes we have an option to pick and sometimes mm-hmm. they, they say, hey, we want to focus as a whole group on a specific subject. And so um, I, I'm, I would say that the training that we get has been one of the reasons why I'm reconsidering extending being on staff because oh, of that is such, news. <laughs> hey, so breaking news on the podcast. Breaking news. We so, got a leak. <laughs> so do you guys, um, yeah, you commit to, is it three years? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when you come on staff. And so your support raising for that. That's mm-hmm. why we consider you missionaries here mm-hmm. at Grace. Um, Grace Community Church. Always supports. support raising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you're ever. and we hate that <laughs> you're always feeling like you have to do that, of mm-hmm. course. But, um, and Grace supports the, the, uh, the youthy family who yeah. are um, Ben is the campus director. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, our church will continue to support whoever's in that role. But um, we also as individuals want to support you guys. And so if you're listening to this and you were not aware that Gio and Alea are both individually raising support to be doing this gospel work, um, pray about how you might participate in that um, yes. as we continue to support them prayerfully and financially as we can. Um but yeah, what kind of like what's been a, a really helpful takeaway from one of these conferences or even the term bridge builder is loaded. Mm-hmm. Like I would yeah. love to unpack that more at some point. But because um, I, I see you guys as doing that kind of work, both in the local church and at Campbell mm-hmm. um, as minority missionaries. But um, what uh, what's been a big takeaway? Like just one thing that you've, the, has been really meaningful for y'all in one of these trainings. Yeah, I think something that comes to mind uh, for me is I mean you literally hear it in the title a bridge builder. This mm-hmm. is is a is a uh, opportunity for us to come together and one learn what it looks like to be a bridge builder within uh, majority context with you know minorities and uh, and so I think that's a helpful uh, idea to have when a lot of us that are minorities within CO are going back to majority context. It's like yeah. we are literally just by nature put into a position of being bridge builders. And so uh, it's, it's been so helpful to learn what a bridge builder is. How do you maintain a bridge? You know, what what is a bridge called to do? You know, you know, and things like that. So this whole bridge metaphor just literally plays itself out into the way we are called to live out our lives within yeah. this, you know, majority context. So I would say that's the, the, the overall arching theme that we see, which, you know, kind of, 
um, you know, flares out into other ideas and how we can, you know, best steward, um, you know, just where God has us at the moment. And so I would say that would would be a big takeaway for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was thinking the whole time you were talking, Mm -hmm. still don't have a great answer, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I think something, I think it was this past, I don't remember when it was anyways, uh, this idea that not everyone is actually called to be a bridge builder. Mm. And I think that was just very interesting to me because I was like, um, what do you mean not mm-hmm. everyone? It, like, what do you mean we, we should all be working? And it's like, right. on the one hand, yes, like we should all be, of course, fighting for justice and reconciliation, but not everyone is going to be like there are certain people who I guess like are like more hands and feet than and there I mean we always need prayer so it's like some people like they can't they won't necessarily be able to physically do anything or be I guess on the front lines right but and so they wouldn't necessarily be considered a bridge builder but um yeah I just thought that was very interesting because I was like ooh take a step back like yeah am I like it's like looking to someone expecting them to just know like oh you need to be a part of this like you need to be on the front lines and it's like actually maybe maybe not mm-hmm. yeah um, so well, I, I can see how and especially in this in this season the last several months like this could be an exhausting time um if all of the you know the white students that you're working with are texting you and calling you hey what is your thoughts about mm-hmm. george floyd what's your thoughts about this what do you think about trump you know all those are loaded questions and mm-hmm. they they require for an introvert like you geo that's a lot to expend like mm-hmm. to go into that conversation every time answering you know a white person's question about a racial issue like that could be exhausting mm-hmm. but that's i think part of the call to be a bridge builder mm-hmm. is it god equips those that he calls and so for those who are called in that way he'll sustain you but I can't imagine how exhausting that might have been over the last several months. I'm not asking you to throw anybody under the bus either. But yeah. <laughs> I was literally just thinking we had a student call yeah. to the course <laughs> that was yesterday. Exactly what I was it was just like he just got on campus. He was like, "So how how has everything been last you know a couple of months? You're like <laughs> he, COVID." He basically and- said, "He said, what do you think about everything going on with COVID and?" <laughs> I think he said the election coming up. Like, however he said it, we were like, I was like, so you whoa, just asked whoa, about whoa. the last five months. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, there's just loaded questions. Why yeah. would you just do this? Like, <laughs> How long yeah. do you have? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think, I think I had to learn that one, it is okay to be like, look, honestly, I don't want to respond to you mm, right now. Yeah. Um, and I don't like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and that's okay because mm-hmm. I think for me, the type of person I am, I just want to help everyone and fix it. And like, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. Like, I just want to help your problem. So it's like, if someone were to ask me a question, I'm like, how do I answer this? Like I'm sitting here like rewriting, proofreading and yeah. like trying to make sure I like mm-hmm. write the great, this great answer. But it's like, I, I have the freedom to say, Hey, I can't answer that right now. Mm. I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something I had to learn because of just everything going on. It's like, on the like for a person like me who doesn't like to to sit in feelings um i've had to do that because we're in quarantine yeah. so you can't really go anywhere and so like i enjoy being busy i thrive off of not having to think about problems which that's a different situation we're yeah, not gonna talk about that podcast right yeah, here. yeah. Talk about but that so it's like i've had to i've had the time to think about it but i still like and I, like i still should have the freedom to be like you're right i don't really have much going on but i don't want to talk about this right now yeah. so yeah yeah 
Man, we could definitely keep going, yep. but in the interest of time, uh, I will wrap this up at this point. I'm so grateful that you guys took time out of your day to come and talk. And as you mentioned, like students are just now getting on campus as we're recording this. Uh, Campbell is about to kick off, and that means you guys have to hit the ground running in a very different way from last year because mm-hmm. everything's different. So uh, we will be praying for campus outreach and y'all specifically as you minister um, to students and build relationships in this unique time. <laughs> but thank y'all so much for taking time. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. If you have any questions that you'd like for me to pose to any of our panelists, either in the past or for upcoming panels, please shoot an email to gracematters at graceccnc.org. We'd love to hear your feedback on these conversations as well. So please take a moment to leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast or shoot an email to us to give us some feedback. Again, you've been listening to Grace Matters, conversations establishing believers in the truth.